with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper! The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across it. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is Give and Go live from New Orleans, Louisiana, the Big Easy. And I gotta say, man, the weather is beautiful out here. We are actually recording from a different Canal Street. We are not at Canal Street Studio in Chinatown, but on Canal Street here in downtown New Orleans. And uh, it is beautiful out here guys if you ever get the opportunity you have to go to new orleans especially around mardi gras time to go on a vacation it is definitely definitely worth it uh again just wanted to give you guys a huge shout out and thank you for listening to us on girls soccer network uh we've got all the latest analysis merch news everything under the sun we have it and uh, we are just incredibly excited. We've got some great, great things coming. So thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 13. Also want to remind you all that uh, Apple's been stepping their game up. And if you want to tell Siri about our podcast, you can just say, play Give and Go, play my newest podcast, play the first episode of Give and Go. You can ask Siri what podcast this, podcast this is. And most importantly, you can tell Siri to subscribe to this show. We've got so much to discuss and unpack. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team has the She Believes Cup coming up against Japan, Brazil, and England. So we will get more into that. The, the rosters were released. We'll talk about those teams that were, um, you know, some of the teams that, that will be going up against. We'll preview exactly what the deal is. Also, the W League final just wrapped up, and what a game it was. We will talk all about that and what it means for NWSL players who are returning back to America to play in the upcoming season, and an update on Sky Blue um, in terms of their organization and other stuff going on. Finally, a response, so a lot to discuss, and of course, we have our social media and lifestyle to talk about later on in the show as well. So let's get right into it. The U.S. Women's National Team, uh, when you look at this roster, it looks like a carbon copy of who Jill Ellis brought to camp for the friendlies, um, the most recent friendlies that they've had. So not too much of a surprise. Tierna Davidson is back fully healthy, which is great for this team. Kelly O'Hara has been working her way back as well. Casey Short, um, Emily Sonnet. You look at this team and uh, no holes, but... Uh, we saw again against France and then again against Spain. It wasn't exactly convincing. So we will see how they fare naturally. There, there's a lot more at stake in this tournament, and it's again a great litmus test as they head into the World Cup. Other notable names: Adriana French, a Dizzle, will be the third string keeper, and I can only you know campaign for her so many times to to get the nod. Um, we will see with the listener. I I know there's there's a section of fans out there who. Um, you know, she can be indecisive at times, and we've seen it before. It, it seems like, you know, 
Uh, Jill Ellis is going to ride her out as as our number one keeper. And again, no slight on her. She's incredibly, uh, incredibly gifted, incredibly strong-minded, and and has a tremendous will um, in that net and is a tremendous shot stopper. So we'll see how she fares um, in this tournament against three really solid teams. Crystal Dunn will likely move back to uh, a more of a defensive role. Obviously, the the experiment um, to play her in the midfield, similar to how Paul Riley does in North Carolina, did not pan out the way that they'd hoped. It, it, the combination play was not there. They did not use her necessarily as well as they could have. And I think she is obviously more than versatile uh, to play at either left or right back. And I think her ability to get forward is going to be critical um, for this team in this tournament. Becky Sauerbrunn, of course, best in the world. I, I don't think, you know, maybe Wendy Renard is in that discussion as well. But the defense, again, is, is as solid as can be. I'm happy to see Danielle Colaprico's name uh, on, on the sheet. She just wrapped up winning a W League title with Sydney FC. She was definitely a big part of that side. Julie Ertz also uh, getting back to full strength. Rose Lavelle, Sam Mewis, Andy Sullivan, McCall Zerboni. Um, we'll see... I don't think we will see much of Andy Sullivan, but McCall Zerboni is, uh, you know, who doesn't like her? I mean, with this, what she, with what she's been through and, and what she's had to go through over the course of her career to get to this point, eight caps, hopefully looking to make caps nine through 11 if she plays in all three games. And then of course, you look up top, uh, the firepower is electric, right? Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, J-Mac, Jessica McDonald has been seeing the field a little bit more, uh, which is great to see. She provides a little wrinkle in the offense. Alex Morgan, of course. I talked about Kristen Press on the last episode and and how she has um, kind of kick-started and, and really was the the offensive go-to player in, in that last um, in that game against Spain and also against France as well. Mallory Pugh uh, scored a goal again against France. A, a nice, nice finish showing off what she's capable of. And, of course, Pino, who um, was also out for that France match. So the United States bringing the big guns out. And we should hopefully expect um, uh, you know, some great results from them. They open up the tournament against Japan on February 27th. So, again, by the time we get to the next episode, this match will be completed on FS1 from Talon Energy Stadium in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, Japan, as always, a perennial top 10 team in the world. They have been a thorn in the United States side. Um, how could we forget that World Cup uh, loss to them? And, and But then, of course, getting revenge in 2015. Uh Saki Kumagai for, uh, plays for um, Lyon, which is naturally the French giant, and they, and they get the best players in the world. So she will be a name to keep your eye on. And, of course, Rumi Utsugi, who we all know very well from the Seattle Reign. So Japan will be a tough task in that first matchup. I believe um, you know they are always so tactically sound. They can pass the ball well. They are disciplined. In defense and so you know all of those things make up for their other shortcomings um, and they're always going to be a, a tough team to beat the second matchup will be against the Brits the three lionesses led by Phil Neville and um, they have high expectations they're number four in the world right now 
and uh, they will be taking on the United States on Fox March 2nd from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. So, you know, the, the, what's cool about this is it's, it's almost kind of like a, a United States tour, if you will. They play three matches in, in three different cities um, on the East Coast. Well, not the East Coast, but in the South, East Coast, and everywhere else. So, you look at what England has to offer, and um, some really great players along along the line, and and they will be again in form because of their club season going on right now. Uh, they won't be, um, you know, having to go through a camp to kind of get back in sync with each other. They should be able to to just step right in and and you know be ready. Um, and be nice and warm and ready to go. So England, again, will also be a tough, tough matchup. And we'll see how um, the United States can cope with just their overall attacking play because England have a wide variety of, of quality in that side. The last match, of course, is against Brazil. Uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. You can believe that in Tampa the Brazilian fan base will be out there as well. FS1. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it, it pains me to say this, but I really believe that Brazil is not the same team they, they once were. Um, other than Marta, I mean, everyone else, you know, of course they, they are Brazil, right? I mean, they have, they will always have the talented players, but I think in terms of being able to, to win at the highest level and, and be on, you know, cons- to be considered one of the upper echelon teams, you need to be able to defend. And Brazil have have struggled mightily when it comes to that. So, you know, Marta isn't getting any younger either. And so I do expect Brazil to, to have a tough time in this tournament. And the United States should be able to... Uh, and it's tough to, to say will they win all three games, but I definitely think they should beat Brazil. They should beat Japan. And obviously England will be the tough match to determine who will be the champion of the Tournament of Nations. So it's Sorry, not the Tournament of Nations, the She Believes Cup. So it will be a incredible, incredible um, tournament and cannot wait to see how it goes because, uh, you know, every single year the She Believes Cup is... is always looking to it's it's for appreciating that something bigger uh it's for a cause excuse me that is is that is bigger than us and it is really to inspire um young girls to to really get out there express themselves and play as much as possible through the united states women's national team because we all know that they are superstars and and they really inspire um young girls across the country to to really get into the game and, and just to see the way that the sport has grown here is, is truly something uh, to behold. So the She Believes Cup is so important and uh, we are very, very excited for that. And it's a World Cup year and, and it's the perfect way to kind of get us going before the NWSL season starts. Now we move on from the United States national team and we move to the NWSL, of course, there's a lot going on, a lot going on in terms of uh, news and movement amongst players and, and teams and coaches. Um, one thing that I found very interesting is Houston Dash continuing to clean house. Uh, now we've, unfortunately, you know, with Virapao having to go back um, to, you know, having to leave, 
um, pretty much her team that she built in terms of international players is just getting stripped down completely. And they decided to let go of these two South African internationals, Linda Motlalo and Tembi Katlana, and two players who I'm huge, huge fans of and what they bring to the table, this attacking style of play that I have always said we need to have as much of as possible. And and it's and it's a shame that, that they're probably going to be gone and we don't, doesn't seem like a team in the in the NWSL is gonna want to pick them up, so you know that's unfortunate to see to see them go. And I'll tell you what, Mr. James Clarkson, you better make sure that what you're doing um, is like the team that you're building is gonna have success. It, it does seem like a complete rebuild here because you're putting a lot of your eggs in one basket with this rookie class. And I did compliment what this team was able to do in terms of you know from front office to, to the coach, and as long as there is that level of continuity, right, you can't necessarily complain, but the Houston Dash still are waiting for their first playoff appearance. They have a strong, proud fan base. You know, the men's the men's team has had tremendous amount of success, and I think it should carry over to the women, especially when you're sharing that stadium. Uh, you'd like to think that, that the culture of the club um, is there, and hopefully, uh, the, you know, James Clarkson, who has been, you know, part of the youth development program, can can get something going. But uh, and again, I, I said this last week, like wanting to get rid of Sof- Sofia Huerta seems absolutely ridiculous, and she scored a ridiculous goal in the W League final. But more on that later. Uh, some other big news: we have finally awaited to hear as to whether Haley Mace would be going to Europe would she report to Sky Blue and the answer is nada no no way she is going to Sweden to play for FC Rosengard one of the giants out there and again huge in terms of uh NWSL implications for for Sky Blue and and the league uh, it's a huge loss and you know now to have Julia Ashley and Haley Mace both leave Sky Blue. Uh, that is a very tough pill to swallow. A very, very brutal blow to very, very gifted players who will be United States national team players one day. Mace already is. And you'd have to think Julia Ashley one day will follow suit. So to not have them here uh, is unfortunate. It's unfortunate for the league. But, you know, we wish them the best of luck abroad. They will continue to grow and get better and experience something new um, that they may not have gotten otherwise if they decided to stay here at home. So, Sky Blue, uh, man, it, they finally decided to release a statement, right? Because GM Tony Novo had mentioned, you know, we, we give us a 31-day period right to kind of get our act together and we will have more information on what's going on and so you know they finally released a statement uh on instagram regarding regarding their uh you know their current infrastructure and here we go it was from tommy murphy on behalf of sky blue ownership uh he said this it is t-minus 19 days until the start of the sky blue preseason on behalf of the ownership of sky blue i've chosen to take an active role in club activities moving forward we are committed to improving the player experience and anticipate they will enjoy their upscale apartments and new furnishings we have also increased the size of our staff by 40 percent to better support the organization and fans as we build towards the future We've moved our administrative offices closer to players' housing to provide the support our players deserve. 
These improvements are just a start. Another priority is ensuring that our playing and practice facilities provide a quality experience for both our players and our fans in the future. We recognize there have been challenges, but I am looking forward to working with our team to create a climate of success. We are excited about the new players who are now part of Sky Blue, and we can't wait to see them join our returning players, but above all, we appreciate the dedication and loyalty of our fans. We will have more exciting news to share shortly, but rest assured in the interim that we are actively working to welcome our entire team at the end of the month. So, it sounds like they got the right publicist in on this, and they said all the right things, and again, these are just words. We have to physically see these changes and make sure that everything that's going on behind the scenes is is correct, because you never know, right? I mean... People can always say one thing and mean another or, or do another thing. So you need to make sure that um, hopefully, I mean, this is still great news that they're trending in the right direction and they are genuinely making an effort to, to improve the situation. And I think when you lose two players like Haley Bass and Julia Ashley, right, it's, it's going to be a wake-up call and you're going to have to realize, okay, we, this cannot afford to happen again. And so... It'll be interesting to see if those two decide to, to come back and play for Sky Blue. It would take drastic changes, though, at this point for for that to happen. So, uh, you know, next month is the NWSL preseason, as he said, 19 days from now. And cannot wait. But at the same time, it's going to be very interesting to see how this Sky Blue situations, uh, this situation plays out. Because, again, it is such a... Um, I mean, you see, it's such a proud fan base, and they did mention that in the letter, and they understand that there have been challenges, but I think being a little more descriptive and and letting everyone know what you may have done wrong in the past would have been better to kind of accept accountability for those actions. So, you know, it is what it is, and we'll see more, more things to come, and so... If they can turn things around, uh, it would be great for the league because I went off. Um, I've been going off. We've written pieces about this on the website. You can go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com and check that out. Uh, we've also got you know great stuff on our Instagram page, at Girls Soccer Network, and Twitter, at Girls Soccer Net. So everything Sky Blue related, if you are a fan of the team, uh, make sure you stop by the website and check it out. And now a word from our sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Nahorsky quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. And of course, 
Um, we've been speaking so highly of striker lead soccer. Again, I can only say this so many times, but Carly Lloyd uh, hosted a camp there, and it was just tremendous um, to see w- what her impact is, but also just what they are doing at Striker Lee. It is more about uh, the pl- the person rather than the player and making sure that they grow and develop and, and they really do instill the proper values um, that you would definitely want to have as a player. So definitely worth checking out. Again, go to www.strikerleadsoccer.com. All right, so we move on to the W League, and although the time difference is really crazy, and you know, you probably, unless you really stayed up uh, to the wee hours of the night, um, you, know, you probably missed it. That luckily the final was on at I believe twelve thirty a.m. Central Time on uh, Saturday night. So, you know. This was a, the overall, the playoffs were great. And I mean, the whole season was incredibly, incredibly tight from start to finish. The four teams that got in were the Melbourne Victory, the Perth Glory, Brisbane Roar, and, and Sydney FC. And of course, we, we talked about, we previewed that, um, you know, in, in the last episode. And and this week, you know, we saw Perth get it done against Melbourne, the fourth team taking out the number one team because, you know, Sam Kerr was so legit. She is so good. And, uh, you know, Sydney FC, again, with the team effort, were really able to disrupt Brisbane and what they do. And so it set up a great final between the number three team and the number four team. And in the end, it was 4-2 to Sydney FC. They are champions for the third time in league history. And Savannah McCaskill was named MVP for two goals and an assist. She was tremendous. And, uh... Really, the game started, and it didn't necessarily start off great for her. Uh, Princess Ibini did well to get down the left flank and play in across to her, and uh, McCaskill surprisingly got a little bit too much on the shot and hit it off the bar from point blank range. Uh, most people, I think, would have, you know, in a in a ba- in a game of that magnitude, uh, may have let it affect them and impact their play the rest of the game, but clearly. That girl is so mentally strong. She was she refused to let that impact her play, and she would go on to have the game that she had. It started with Sofia Huerta, as I mentioned earlier. She just always has a knack for scoring big goals in big games, and what a shot it was! McCaskill using, you know, using all of her strength to hold up play, and um, was really able to lay it off perfectly. Uh, for Huerta, who took one touch to to clear to clear it and uh, kind of get her feet set, and then just put her foot through the ball with the laces. Defender almost came across, but it was an absolute ripper. And of course, you can go to um, we have a recap coming out on our website. If you don't want to listen to me rant about it, we also have a top five goals piece, which will feature this goal for sure. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, definitely again go to the website and check it out. Uh, it started with Huerta. Sam Kerr did well to equalize from the spot. She drew a penalty, and even though it wasn't the most convincing penalty, Aubrey, Bled- you know, Aubrey Bledsoe would be, I think, a little disappointed that she was unable to keep it out. But nonetheless, it was 1-1. Uh, that's when Savannah McCaskill took over. Uh, this, She scored the most ridiculous looping header. It was absolutely jaw-dropping. Caitlin Ford, uh, who has been... 
really leading from the front with Sydney FC. Uh, has been doing it all for them. Again, another versatile player for the Matildas, but she finally has figured it out as a player up top, and she clearly combined so well with McCaskill this whole season. She played in an early ball. Defender was was all over McCaskill, and, and she adjusted You know, the only way she could, and that was to provide this crazy, crazy looping header over the top. And uh, keeper Eliza Campbell was completely, completely fooled. Um, that kind of genius, it just really goes to show uh, what a player can do when you're in the right environment. And again, she did not produce as much for Sky Blue. And again, we've, as I just mentioned, the, the situation surrounding the club and, and the infrastructure obviously wasn't the best. And so when you put um, players like this in the in the right environment. There's so many NWSL players who are like, yeah, I love going to Australia and playing here. There's there's always a great camaraderie and, and a great level of passion surrounding each and every club. So um, maybe the NWSL could take a little notice and uh, try to, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say copy, but maybe figure out a little bit of, of what the W League is doing in the land down under because they are... Uh, um, the league is doing really well, and you know they they love their football down there. So it was a you know a tremendous tremendous season. Alyssa Mounts uh, gave Perth life in the second half. They were down three one after McCaskill scored again, and she scored a ridiculous goal off a corner kick. The ball bounced up, and she just timed it perfectly. I, it it amazes me. Um, you know Mounts does not get enough credit uh, for. For her skill and what she does, not only for what she did for Perth this year, but for uh, Chicago as well. And she's a critical, critical player for that team, for both teams. Uh, and it was 3-2, but then Chloe Legarzo, someone who has always been counted out, uh, someone who has who was told uh, when she was younger that she would be too small and not strong enough to be able to play, and then what does she do? She starts playing professionally when she's 16 and has been on the rise ever since, has been a capped player for Australia since 2013, and she hasn't necessarily been a mainstay, but she has featured, she scored, again, in the. Uh, she beat the United States with her goal after Lisa Devana's amazing run in that game. That was a tough loss to swallow, but Lagarzo scored a, a ripper with her, you know, kind of like her body shape all going the wrong, going the opposite way, and she was able to wrap her foot around it, and that girl's got great technique. So for her to sign a loan deal with the Washington Spirit, that is a big, big deal. And um, we'll see how it works out for the Spirit to be able to get a player like that. But of course, um, you know, Sydney FC come away with the title. And, you know, we congratulate them on an amazing season that it really looked like that locker room and that group uh, was always always playing for each other and and i mean the same goes for perth you know both teams got to this point because of the camaraderie in the locker room and how much they care and play for each other and for whatever reason sam kerr despite the the accolades the production everything just winning the big game has eluded her she still does not have that title and uh you'd think Someone of her caliber, and I know this for a fact, the accolades won't mean much until you know you get championships. Players, players like her, you you want to win that competitive 
desire and and fire is always going to be stronger than uh, than the accolades and and the goals and as long as they and she's the type I'm sure who will say like it doesn't matter whether I scored or not as long as we won the game that's all that matters and so uh, we'll see high expectations for uh, the NWSL season now as we move back and and see how she does for Chicago and you better believe she's going to be among the league leaders and goals scored uh, we'll see if she turns it into a revenge tour and just goes off on everyone because someone's going to need to do so in order to keep the pace with the North Carolina Courage. So we'll see we'll see how that plays out. It's always a great time to kind of have this relationship between the W League and the NWSL where players can go both ways. And now it'll be interesting to see do those players that won bring back a level of confidence and optimism with them and will that translate or will it be too much will they not get enough time off to rest and and uh you know get themselves ready some players you know may or may not be picking up uh small injuries nagging injuries here or there and they got to get back to full strength so it'll be a fun uh you know it was a fun wrap up to the W League season and again the NWSL season cannot get here soon enough uh, we moved to England, and it was one big game last weekend. Uh, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Man, the Chelsea ladies have so much resilience, and then they refuse to give up this title fight. It's been between pretty much a, a three-team race. Arsenal, Manchester City, and Chelsea. Arsenal are definitely in the driving seat. City is hot on their tail. And Chelsea really needed to get a result in this game if they wanted to stay in the title race. It did not go well to start. They went down 2-0 to, you know, to to City. But they bounced back nicely. And they have this incredible young uh, Korean player, uh, Ji Su Yun who is so technically gifted, she produced two goals of the highest quality. One of them was a deflection, but, uh, you know, they have such good players. I love what Chelsea has. You know, I've talked about Aaron Cuthbert. They have players like Ramona Bachman and Ji Sun-yeon. So they have so much attacking talent, and, and that's what, um, that's personally what I, that's the kind of soccer that, that I enjoy, will always enjoy watching. And, um, I don't know if that's a, if that's like a bias towards uh, England and the love that I have for the Premier League because I guess that you know those styles are similar. But um, for me, I love watching that style of play and to see how the willingness to attack and to, and to go after teams. That's really what um, what I enjoy rather than to to sit back and defend. So. Uh, Chelsea getting a big result to keep a sliver of, of hopes alive for them. And uh, they're still, you know, we'll see who is going to be in the race going into, you know, these with with the next couple of months. We'll see how it, how it all shakes out. So the title race in the FAWSL, we will keep you uh, fully informed and up to date on all that stuff. And we cannot wait to see how it plays out. But I do think... Arsenal has been the best team all year, and they should be able to to get the job done. But we'll see. City are hot on their tail. And now a word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. 
Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, orthopedic sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym, getting feedback directly from parents, players, and coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional, published research, and tested by the real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.compressioninmotion.com and check out the T25 knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. Uh, Highly recommend checking that out. Uh, Topical Gear and CompressionInMotion.com. They have some tremendous products, and I can't stress enough the the backed by professional published research. Uh, they've done the due diligence um, to to put behind uh, a great product, great products in in general. So definitely go and check that out. Okay, we move to the social media and lifestyle portion of the show, and so I want to make you aware of a couple of articles that we currently have on our site right now from some great writers that we have on our you know, on our team, and, and they've been doing a great job. I'll start with Megan Cameron, and you might be wondering who that is. She was a former soccer player at Rutgers. Uh, she has been trailblazing a role with Sporting KC, the MLS club. Uh, and I'm just going to read you a, a quick snippet, uh, which was written by one of our writers, Hannah. Most people would be intimidated stepping into a room of 60 people in which they were only the one of their kind. Feelings of insecurity and intimidation would make most close up or even walk out. For Megan Cameron, who has been involved in men's professional soccer for a decade, this situation is a daily one. Uh, you want to talk about ambition and drive and the willingness to to face your fears and step out of your comfort zone. That's clearly something that Megan Cameron is, is very comfortable with. And to be working in the MLS for, for a decade, that is incredibly impressive. She's had a role... Um, with with the club for a while, and so uh, if you, again, if you need, you should definitely go to www.girlsoccernetwork.com. Check out that article. The second uh, article I would like to uh, guide your attention to is Girls United FA bridging the gap. Founded in March of 2017, this is just again uh, a little snippet from the article. Girls United FA began its mission on the streets of Bacalar, Mexico, starting with one small academy. It kicked off its training sessions for the first time in June 2017. It faced some setbacks like betting for the volunteers, uh, coming a day late, and there was a language barrier to overcome. But the small team of 9 to 12 volunteers worked to provide the best soccer academy it could in the local community. Since that first day of training, the organization has only grown. Now located in two countries, Mexico and the United Kingdom, it works to improve education and opportunities for girls in low-income areas and impact the world of soccer for women. That article was uh, written by one of our writers, Whitney. And again, it really is great to see just people from all walks of life, from different countries, Everywhere, just football is a universal language. And so for everyone to kind of come together to, to really truly empower women and, and give them 
you know, the oppor- the same opportunities. That's really all we're asking for, right? The same op- opportunity to, to to be equal, to be on the same playing field, and to and to really um, impact again and give girls in low income areas the opportunity to do so. So, a great piece. Make sure again you stop by the website and check that out. And finally, we have equal playing fields festival of football 2019 also written by whitney and it's a very interesting piece a little different from from you know what what you might expect but it's another instance of you know just a, a great organization doing something to to make sure we get just more more attention towards the women's game uh, the Festival of Football is a soccer game that will utilize 3,500 players of all ages and genders playing continuously for five days during the 2019 Women's World Cup in France. While shining a light on the beautiful game, the event will be an attempt to break the Guinness World Record for the largest number of players ever to play in a single game. The current record is claimed by a four-day game with 2,357 people. In addition to breaking the world record, EPF announced the festival hoping to make a statement about soccer globally. We believe in a world where women and girls can play, coach, referee, and work in the sport they love. Feeling like women have been left in the shadows of sports, the organization wants to bring these women and girls and their supporters out of the shadows, plus help others have the opportunity to play the sport they love. That is so cool. That is so, so awesome. And... um, that will truly be a sight to see once if they are able. I mean, they should be able to break the record, right? It's going. Uh, you know, there will be a lot of hype surrounding this World Cup this summer, and we're really, really looking forward to to what this is gonna gonna bring in terms of again, as I've said before, the attention. We want eyeballs, everyone watching and thinking about women's soccer as much as possible. So. Yeah, this is a great, great story as well, and this is just a small piece of the type of content that we are putting out on a daily basis, so, uh, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to be a part of this team and, and what Girls Soccer Network is doing in terms of in terms of giving you the, the hardcore analysis of the games to giving you, uh, you know, lifestyle help, um, you know, the trials and tribulations of, of being a female athlete and what some of the things you might go through and, and other ways that you want to, may want to improve your game, whether it's with diet, whether it's uh, skill and, and, and drills and things like that. So we have literally everything and you need to continue uh, to show us some love and we are greatly, greatly appreciative of, of all of that. And I have one final thought before... Uh, we dip out of here for episode 13, but this just ties into everything I've just mentioned in terms of empowering women. I just want to make it clear that, you know, no matter who you are, what age you are, whatever it is that you're doing, right, people are always going to try to stop you, right? There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be a negative energy around you. It is your job and your responsibility, right? When you have a when you have a dream, when you have something that you really care deeply about, you need to make sure no matter what, no matter what that your focus is and and drive to achieve that is unwavering. The second you let other people impact that and get in your head is the second it it won't happen. 
it is if your mindset is bulletproof enough to truly believe in something it will only increase the chances that it is going to happen people are always no matter what no matter what you do the second you realize no matter what you do right good or bad people are always going to have something negative to say always and that's really one of the the again i've i've said it time and time again on this show if you can get your mind right and you can be in the right space mentally, who is going to stop you, right? Who is going to stop you? You have an opportunity to become unstoppable. And as long as you continue to stay focused and keep your eye on the prize, you can do anything you put your mind to. Do not let other people get in the way and, and ruin you know, what you believe to be is your destiny. So make sure you go out there, get after it, and do not... Stop. Do not give up until you have what you want. All right? Whew. Oh, that was a lot. I said a lot just then. But, um, you know, I meant every word, and I want to make sure that everything that, you know, that we're putting out and have the opportunity to speak on this platform that, you know, we give you uh, positive vibes only, and we have content that hopefully inspires you to not only become a better soccer player, a better athlete, but a better person and individual each and every single day. So with that being said, uh, that is it for episode 13. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. I got to say, again, New Orleans is a great, great city. You got to come check it out, and it's been really cool to be able to, to record this episode here. So again, make sure you go to... You can check us out on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, right? And, of course, we have our podcast page as well. We have a give-and-go tab at the top of the page on Girls Soccer Network, and every single episode gets uploaded there as well. So make sure you go hit that download and subscribe button. We also have a weekly newsletter that's coming out. So if you've not subscribed to that, make sure you go to the website and drop your email as well. Again, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks when the She Believes Cup will be in full swing, and we cannot wait for that. So we'll have a lot more on that. But again, thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace out.